Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Chesta Hope podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Ortiz. October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and we've chosen this month to launch our Chest of Hope podcast. And what better way to launch this podcast than speaking with the founder and director of Chest of Hope, Merlin Pittman. Merlin, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I I really admire what you do um, with the program, and I think that it's great. As the founder and director, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, we can be here for what? You have a week? <laughs> <laughs> hey, take as much time as you... You're, you're in charge. You're in charge. Yeah. No, um... My name is Merlin Pittman. I'm originally from the island of Trinidad and Tobago. However, I came here in the latter year of my teenage years, and I've been here ever since. Um, The last job that I held, I was a correctional officer. Oh, wow. And after retiring, then I have been set on this path uh, with Chest of Hope. I am a mother, I am a grandmother, and um, now running this organization. Wow, that's that must have been a Did you come, when you came straight from the islands to here, did you come straight to Tracy? No, I came to California. You came but to California? Yes, San Jose. Yeah, um, yes. that must have been, well, that must have been a big culture shock. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. I had to learn everything new, you know, terminology, foods, everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you did it. I did it. You did it. I did it. You persevered. Yes. Now, um, what what does the Chest of Hope offer in the way of programs? Tell, tell me a little bit about what Chest of Hope is. Well, before I do that, um, I just want to say that when Chest of Hope was started or formed, it was not dealing with what we do now. Uh, Chest of Hope was formed to assist orphans on a global level. Oh, wow. Yes, I had gone back to Trinidad and I met a house full of maybe it was 60, 65 or 67 kids. And there was one toilet and bath. Aww. And, you know, the, the situation was deplorable. So I came back and I shared with friends, you know, what I had seen and we sat around the kitchen table and Chest of Hope was formed. That's so a, that's the best way to do it. Get like-minded people together. Grassroots. And the yeah. Grassroots. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm all yeah. about grassroots. Yeah. Actually, we, we were not even thinking in terms of a 501c3c. We just wanted to help. And um, everything else grew from there. You know, and that's, 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 I think that's how the best nonprofits are started. They're just, mm-hmm. they're, they're there for help. They're not, they're not like, oh, what can I build to make myself look good oh, in the community? On the contrary, like, yeah, nothing and like that's, that. And that's the, that's the way the best um, nonprofits are formed, in my opinion, when it's, it's a grassroots thing, mm-hmm. it just happened to grow to that proportion. But what it really was all about was, was compassion was the number one. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Well, thank you for being a compassionate person. Mm. You know, it, I'm a domestic violence survivor myself. So to sit across the table from you and, you know, hear how you help people is, 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 it feels really good in my heart to hear you speak. Yeah. Well, Um, what we do now evolves from the calls we kept getting, mm -hmm. you know, so we had, we had no choice, but to answer the call. So, um, answering those calls, we have evolved now into one of 
if not the only agency in Tracy that handles domestic, domestic violence. violence. Mm -hmm. What what programs what programs are offered at Chester Hope? Well, we offer a plethora of, of programs. We offer individual and group counseling. We order, uh, offer teen dating violence programs. Um, I read about transitional housing. Yes, yes. We have evolved from a safe home, a safe shelter, which usually is from 30 to 45 days for the most, uh -huh. into transitional housing where we keep our women in a program from nine months to a year. Oh, wow. That's and, really... and that gives them the opportunity to make up their minds on what their future goals are and whatever they want to accomplish, that's what we assist them with. So they sit down with you, they talk about what their goals are, what may be hindering them from reaching those goals. Not with me, with the case manager. With the case manager. Yes. <laughs> but they come into I wish I could be Jenny of all traits, but unfortunately time doesn't permit. But uh, yes, they have an assigned case manager who goes through everything with them. We also have life coaches Oh, um, that keeps them on track. And, and yeah, it's it's individualized. So it's not a one-size-fits-all program. Mm -hmm. So they get It's to, very, very more personal. Absolutely. Than, okay. Absolutely. One person may want to be a hairdresser. Next one may want to be a banker, you know. Oh, okay. One, so like you help them with career goals. Correct. Even. So, correct. Okay. So we not also, just... Not just not just getting out of their current situation and learning how to live on their own, but also being able to help them follow them dreams, follow their dreams to be more independent. Absolutely, because it's all about self sufficiency. Because mm. when they come to us, most of them do not have jobs. Some of them do, but even that is not something that's self-sustainable. You know, they probably wouldn't be able to pay the rent. Yeah. You know, so... Especially we, in California. Correct. Especially in California. Yeah, so we set them on that path and, you know, eventually when they're ready to leave the program, assist them with housing um, resources and things of that nature. Okay. So talking about transitional housing, um, what challenges have you faced with COVID restrictions? Um, it's very challenging because uh, we're not able to send our women out to do most of what their program is, mm -hmm. you know, because we have to shelter in and things of that nature. But now that things are starting to open up, I hope we'll be able to continue on our path with them but the challenges has been keeping everyone safe you know keeping our place sanitized mm -hmm. um with all these women in one home you know that at the same time and i imagine keeping it sanitized with all the cleaners and everything Correct. can get very Correct. expensive yes very much so very, very much so because i know i mean I have a little two bedroom place mm -hmm. and keeping that clean and sanitized you know for for the kids is, yeah it costs money it costs exactly money. it does exactly. cost money and then um, one of the other questions I had for you, you talked about group therapy and individual therapy. Mm -hmm. um, is that on a sliding scale basis? Well, yes. The the individual counseling is on a sliding scale. Okay. Okay. That's good. And, and then, and then their, their information is strictly confidential within the chest of hope. Like it wouldn't, I mean, obviously with things that are like required, you know, you're, 
the the counselor is required to report like child abuse and that sort of thing you know they would have to go out into the and you know um, required reported things but if they wanted to come to get counseling here outside of their you know doctor's office and and their plan and stuff like that just so they can have that confidentiality you guys are just keep things in-house correct everything we do from entry level to anything it's all confidential mm -hmm. so even there, if there was a situation where uh, a doctor needed something, they'd have to subpoena our records. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's absolutely... We don't take that lightly at so all. So that they can, they can still feel like they have... Because that's, that's a big thing, you know, is, is when you're coming for help for domestic violence or for sexual abuse or something like that, is feeling like your information is safe and secured and it's not going to be... So I, I think that's, that's, very, that's very admirable and that's a good thing to know. Absolutely. Um, now, tell me about the Love Club. Well, the Love Club is a, a program that we have for donors. It's based for our donors. And joining the Love Club, you can become a monthly donor. Mm -hmm. Or you, if you want, you can make a gigantic donation. <laughs> People are going to be rolling up with pallets of sanitizer. <laughs> no, 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 no. Monetary donation. So you don't have to donate every month. <laughs> so it starts from $25 all the way up to $100, $500, whatever your choice is. And um, it's the Love Club, but the acronym for love is really Leave Out Violence Every Day. Leave Out Violence Every Day. I mm -hmm. like that. So that is to support what we do. There are privileges um, being in the Love Club. Uh, you get to know firsthand of events we're hosting. Um, you're in our newsletters. So uh, if we're having, let's say, our gala, right mm -hmm. and the ticket is a hundred dollars just as an example as a love club member you may be able to get your ticket for 75 oh okay so there are perks and yeah. different things involved we also have raffles which we do and different things you know so it's not just you giving us your money uh -huh. but we keep you actively involved Act in so you can see see where the money is going absolutely and, and um absolutely and then maybe um find out more ways to help and definitely you know, like volunteer hours and that sort of thing mm -hmm. um what what other methods of fundraising you, you mentioned the gala what is the gala the gala is held every two years mm -hmm. and um it's really for our donors and the community, you know, so we can give back mm -hmm. and show our appreciation of everyone who has contributed to our growth and to the programs and the things that we do. So will 2021 be your gala year? Actually, 2020 is supposed to be oh, our Oh, 2020, but COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but due to COVID, we've had to skip it this year. So... 2021 we'll see what happens okay, i just so. have to re it sounds reboot it sounds great yes any reason i can get into a dress i'm always happy for <laughs> yeah you'll see yeah. me there like hey girl absolutely i'm having fun yeah <laughs> um now also the chest of hope has a thrift store correct mm -hmm. yes it does um what what are the, what are some of the things that you were able to 
the chest of hope is able to get out of the thrift store? Is it um, like, do you have um, employment for some of the women in your program? Um, does like just expand a little bit about the thrift store? So our thrift store was uh, formed or opened to supplement the programs that we have. So how it benefits the women in the home is we assist them with dressing for success. So if they have interviews and they're going out, they get vouchers and they can go into the store and get three or four outfits for interviewing and things of that nature. Actually, usually when they come to us, they come with nothing, mm -hmm. you know. So they also get a voucher for $300 and they go in and they shop and, oh, wow. you know, get themselves spruced up. That's yeah. amazing. We also had an, an amazing... um collaboration with JC our local JC Penny here mm -hmm. where they were given uh haircuts and um they got makeup by um Sephora and things of that nature but now JC Penny has closed so. so what I'm hearing you say is is you need a new beauty Absolutely. <laughs> new beauty volunteer yes to help build up that, that self-esteem of the women when they're such an amazing difference Absolutely. in the lives of these women so you know to, to see the transformation mm -hmm. they glow and they come alive oh, and absolutely. it gives them hope so yeah I'd really like to have that I think any any woman or Again. even any man you know mm -hmm. after you after you get your hair cut you know you have on some clothes that right you know some, some new clothes are new to you absolutely you know? absolutely it, it does it helps you mentally and absolutely. when you're, you're in a better place mentally it gives you a little bit more confidence mm -hmm. and then they can build and grow off that yeah they so, have a new walk <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so if there's any listeners out there who right. might be able to help with haircuts or beauty advice or any makeup. that makeup that mm -hmm. sort of thing um to to increase the self-esteem of the folks that are that are coming into to chest of hope for assistance anyone out there that might be able to help with that that would be really really appreciated um now when we talked about programs um, one of the things that you mentioned was teen dating violence how are you able to help with that like talk about that a little bit Okay, so earlier this year, I believe it must have been March, April, we opened a teen launch. It was called the Hope Spot. So what the teen launch entailed was these kids in high school, I believe from 11 to 18, mm -hmm. after school, they could come into the launch. They can buy a snack. They can listen music. You know, it, it, it gave them that feeling of being an adult. However, at five o'clock, we got into program and we taught a variety of things. We taught money management. We taught teen dating violence. We had a mental health program. So every day of the week for five days, we had a different program. Oh, okay. But again, due to COVID... COVID we had to give up the spot because the kids were not allowed to assemble. Even the parents were very cautious of sending them, you know, mm -hmm. in the midst of COVID to an environment because we would not have been able to do the six feet apart. Yeah. Distancing. That's, yeah, that's absolutely, that's, that's difficult. And then that's got to be hard on, the, that's got to be extra hard on the teens. Absolutely. You know, because with schools being closed, you know, social, social life has gone down Definitely. to a minimal thing. And, 
and not having, and then on top of that, a lot of kids that are, that are at home, you know, the, their home situation might not be the ideal situation. And right. it sounds like the teen it lounge, was an outlet it was for an them. outlet for them. Correct. It was Correct. a healthy outlet and, and Absolutely. it was where they could come and they could talk and, and, you know, have some rest, relaxation and, you know, some morale. In a stress-free yeah, environment. In a stress-free and, environment. And non-judgmental at mm -hmm. that. And so, so it's, yeah, I so we're it. we're thinking about opening up in November virtually, but it's not going to be the same. I yeah. really look forward to when we can regroup and have them come into us, you know, because even being at home, they may not want to share certain things because exactly somebody might be listening. Might be listening. Yeah, exactly. they don't feel that. You know, right. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's. Uh, that's something about COVID. I don't think people really took into consideration. Right. And I think being a teenager now is harder than ever. Very much so. It's very, very hard. Um, you know, I remember, I remember when I was a teenager, you know, we had our community centers, we could go play board games or right. basketball or that sort of thing, mm -hmm. you know, but we didn't have the pressures that kids have now today, you know, with the internet and having to keep up and, you know, and that sort of thing. And who's got this Absolutely. and who's got that. And yeah. with the teen lounge like this, they can come together in a safe space. Right. And, you know, kind yeah. of. Everything pretty much was teen oriented. The cashier was a teen, Aww. you know, from one of the local programs in, in, in the county. And, you know, so there was this camaraderie with everyone, but come five o'clock, then they knew, okay, it's time Classes. to be serious. And then, yeah. and I mean, those are great classes. Like you said, teaching him how to, you know, balance a oh, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. yeah, there's a lot, a lot of those classes aren't being taught in school anymore. Right. Like just right. life lessons. Things, exactly. You know? And we made it fun because one night a month, there was competition with the parents against the kids. The oh. parents were allowed to come in and, you know, we did that. And then we had one night a month, uh, uh, one Friday a month where there was a local DJ that played music and they got to party. Yeah, oh, so gosh, was, I hope they, I hope this yeah, well, as, as a mother of, you know, like I'm a mother of five and I have, mm -hmm. you know, a 16 year old and an 18 year old, right. and, you know, and, and, um, I think something like that is great. Absolutely. Because, you know, you can, as a parent, you can go out or take that opportunity to do something for yourself knowing that your kids are in a, in a safe, safe place. environment exactly mm -hmm. exactly and then also um in with your programs offered you talk about safety planning mm -hmm. that pretty much is for someone coming into the program or wanting counseling in group in a group setting mm -hmm. you know it's it's helping that individual if they're planning to leave their situation we devise a safety plan for them. So we tell them the things that they would need to leave with, your birth certificate, your passport, your bank accounts, you know, certain records that you may need to start your life over. And so then everything is done in a safe environment. So like, let's say that I were to come into you and I wanted to work on safety planning and you were telling me you know, these things like, um, make sure you have your important documents and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, what if I didn't have a safe space to keep them? Would they be able to be held here with a case manager or is that something else that, um, the person would have to, we would encourage you to have a family member. Okay. Yeah. We wouldn't want that. That makes sense. Yeah. We wouldn't sense. want that liability. That makes sense. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, and then, 
Another thing um, we'll talk about is your helpline. Okay. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit about the Chest of Hope hotline. And by the way, everybody who's listening, um, the hotline number is two zero nine two five nine fifty five fifty two. And um, ours is it twenty four hours a day, or, or tell me a little bit more about. No, we take calls up until midnight. Okay. Okay. And we resume at nine a.m. in the morning. That's still pretty good hours. That's still pretty good hours. That's still pretty yeah. good hours. Yeah. yeah. So it's not for us. It's not a hotline. It's a helpline. Helpline, right? And it's operated by our advocates, and um, you can call and ask and advise. We answer safety planning questions, shelter questions, and other services. Some people may need assistance with um, restraining orders and all sorts of things of that nature. So that's the number they call to be assisted. If they do need help with like restraining orders and that sort of thing, are you able to guide them in the right direction to like legal self-help or... Yes, we do. And we assist them with filling out those paperwork as well. Oh, outstanding. Outstanding. I saw in the Chest of Hope brochure a program called Safe at Home. What what is Safe at Home? Tell me about that. Well, the Safe at Home program is a California-run program uh, that offers a confidential address to victims. So... You don't have to be in our shelter or our transitional home. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who is a survivor and you still feel a little bit unsure mm-hmm. uh, that you could be tracked by your abuser, you can come into our office and we'll assist you with setting up a fictitious address where you can collect your ma- your mail anonymously. Wow. So it's a it's an actual physical address where they can get their mail sent to and without that fear of of having their their privacy by their partner, you know. Correct. Um, correct. Intruded on. Yeah, it's a program that offers an alternate address for participants. I never heard of that before. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, I believe we're the only agency who does it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's I mean, that's a very that's it's a it's a great idea. It um, is. I I sure could have used that at one point in my yeah, life. So even <laughs> if, let's say, we got a homeless person mm-hmm. and they have no address, this would be ideal for them. Okay. They can still collect mail. They can still collect mail right. at, the, at the safe at home address. Correct. Okay. Uh, Merlin, what message do you have for anyone who might be wanting help but is too scared to ask? Well, it behooves them to reach out for help. Organizations such as ours and other wonderful organizations who are operating for the same cause would be there to assist, to provide resources, and um, steer them in the right direction. As an agency, we provide a wide range of supportive and crisis intervention services to victims of domestic violence, sexual violence, and now human trafficking and other forms of abuse. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's there's human trafficking assistance as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just um, received 
a grant from the Department of Justice. And for the year 2021, we will be survive, um, providing a safe haven for those victims for, of, human for vic trafficking. of human trafficking, not just sexual human trafficking, but also like um, like human trafficking, human trafficking all to just the whole across thing the board, board the whole across spectrum. the board. That's, mm -hmm. that's great. Um, but I, I think, um, also, I think it's great that myself, what I'm feeling from this and learning about the program and everything, I would feel safe coming here because it sounds to me like there's other people here who have been through a situation same as mine mm -hmm. or, you know, or whoever's coming in that is relatable. Like right. it, it sounds like your volunteers and your caseworkers here are very relatable. You know, I've, I've spoken with a lot of your staff and, and everybody's very friendly. Um, and, and then the confidentiality, you know, you, you seem very, very, um, admin or, you know, that, adamant, adamant that that is important. Yeah. And, and I think that that means a lot because some of us, we we're scared, you know, we're definitely scared that, that our, our confident confidentiality is going to be broken, that somebody is going to find out and then we're going to be judged. And, and so from what I'm hearing from everything that you've told me is that this is very much a safe space, um, you know, for men, women, um, teens, um, all the way across the board. Yeah, we do treat men as well, but usually it's when it's court ordered. They don't oh, take no. it upon themselves <laughs> to come in like that. That because, stigma is still there. Yeah, it yeah, is. There, you know, a... So um, unless it's court ordered, they don't come. But when they do, then they breathe a sigh of relief and realize it's not as daunting as they thought it might have been. Um, we treat everyone, we serve in a respectful manner, and regardless of race, age, creed, gender, national origin, disability, marital status, sexual identity, or orientation with equality and respect. Yeah, and I think that's important to know, you know, because, um, you know, look... On the outside looking in, somebody might think that this is just an organization for for women only. No, it's but not. you know, if if there's somebody who's coming in that that is, um, you know, they they have um, whatever their situation is, regardless of gender, sex, orientation, um, gender identity, like you said, right. this is this is a safe place for them. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Um, one of the things we are putting on our to-do list for the future is have a home for men. You know, oftentimes the men are overlooked and they hurt as much as the women do. They go through stuff, yes, you do. know, I mean, percentage wise, it may, may not add up to the same percentage, mm -hmm. but, but it's equally there. it's there, it's you know, and there. they need to have the resources and, and, and that safe space to go through and, and to be worked through their trauma just yeah. as well and understand know? that it's okay to talk about their mental health absolutely yeah absolutely so in in the spirit of community and the power of community um we're all about bringing about change you know and and empowerment that creates hope that is what we strive for as an organization it's not to say hey you know we've treated 30 clients this month mm -hmm. and we gave x amount of food to these people this month and we've done this that's not what we're about we want everyone who comes to us to feel safe 
we want them to feel secure in knowing that the treatment or whatever they've been given from us is confidential. And Tracy is a small town. Yes, it is. Right? Word gets around quickly sometimes. And everyone knows everyone. So we want people to hold their heads high when they're walking the streets mm-hmm. and they don't have to hold hang their heads in shame or I mean, there's no reason to be ashamed, but you know, there's the stigma. There's stigma. Of course, mm-hmm. domestic violence and abuse and sex trafficking and things of that and nature. Cultural stigma. Exactly. It's not a water cooler conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So, hence the reason we keep our people safe and um, make them be empowered. Thank you, Merlin, for taking the time out today to give us all this information. It's been it's been great speaking with you and getting a better understanding of Chest of Hope and all the programs offered. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today? Sure. I'd just like to thank our community of donors, some of them who give anonymously, um, some who give in-kind donations. It is so much appreciated. Everything that you do for the families, the women and children, uh, the single mothers, uh, single women, they very much appreciate it. All of your donations go towards our programs. Um, I'd like to thank my staff, all of the advocates and volunteers for making it all, you know, be for the common good of these victims or survivors that we see on a daily basis. Um, To be a part of the program is truly amazing. And people come in kind of unsure of where they want to volunteer or how they would (laughs) like to assist. But when they see the outcomes and the success stories, it's really heartwarming. So, you know, we have a good team here and I'd really like to extend uh, thank you to everyone involved. Okay, so... um, That's pretty much it. I'd like to thank you for inviting me and um, allowing me to share a little bit. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And yeah, I I can only imagine that this this program wouldn't work without its donors and its community. You know, it it takes a village, right? Yes, it does. Especially (laughs) in this year of COVID, you know. Um, We were at the point where, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Because we needed that extra, you know, cushion to get face mask and all of the cleaning supplies and we had anonymous donors who you know just went above and beyond yes 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 such a blessing absolutely absolutely so So i just want them to know that everything they do is truly appreciated from my heart yes and from the other members of the community absolutely absolutely All right, everybody. So that's it for us today. Again, October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. The Chest of Hope Helpline that is open, as we talked about before, from 9 a.m. to midnight is 209-259-5552. And for more information on the programs, how you can help, and upcoming events, go to chestofhope.org and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care and be safe.